you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Going to the hurry-up offense. At the 33, right side, across the 35, tracking to the left, 40, 45, 50. Fowler to the 40, left sideline, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, rock and roll, touchdown, Houston. First down, Rip Jones, middle of the field. Julio, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 20, 10, 5, 2, touchdown, Julio Jones. Derek, low snap. Derek looking. Derek gonna lob one for the end zone for Crabtree. Did he get both feet down? Touchdown! Raiders! Oh, awesome stuff. Welcome to the DDFP presented as always by McDonald's. Go get you some of that all day breakfast. I'll tell you something. I actually walk like I talk. I went and got myself some in Nowheresville, Tennessee. Uh, now added to the all-day breakfast menu, McMuffins, biscuits, McGriddles, all that stuff. Here in 66, we'll say proper hellos in just a few minutes. Maurice Jones-Drew and Ike Taylor. Fellas, let's jump right into it. Worst team in the NFL at the quarter pole now with a good record. There are a lot of candidates out there. Hate to start out cynical. Ike, how say you? The Rams. Uh, <laughs> and I, I know my dog mad at me. But, bro, they really ain't been playing nobody for one. Two, they still got to well, go. Well, that's not true. That That's one thing that's not true. They, be, they beat the Seahawks and then they just time out, time the out, Cardinals. Time out, time out. They always, regardless of what their record, they always split with the Seahawks. I hear you, but but those are <laughs> legit teams at least. They or at least all, one of them is. They all, what's Arizona record? One and three. I'm saying that's not. I'm not. I don't know that we can consider that a legit team at this point. Who? One and three. So they're okay. Yeah. They're not that good. Who else they beat? They beat the Seahawks. Okay, the Seahawks. Who else they beat? Tampa. And all right. Well, let my. It was their record. They're bad, but well, all right, fine. So I'm. I'm, I'm not you. going off last year. I don't want to talk about what they did last year. I'm talking about this year. I'm <laughs> with you about the about the Rams not being a great team. I don't think. Give me four more weeks. Cause, cause your your identity will show when everybody has tape on you after the four and a half five week mark. Then you become you, and I would like to see them at week eight. I say four and three at week eight. 
Maurice, voice, radio voice of the Los Angeles Rams. How say you to this question? I'm going to say the Eagles. Eagles, really undefeated. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can see why. besides the Pittsburgh win, they they beat they beat the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears team, and they haven't really you know played much of a team. I mean, Pittsburgh laid an egg. Skitsburg Steelers went under Coach Tomlin. That's an old thing. That's the bugaboo. That's the kryptonite of Coach Tomlin's teams for a decade now. Ike, we've talked about this a lot. Their inability to show up against what appear to be lesser teams is uh, a thing going into the uh, one and three Jets. It's something to watch. Anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked uh, with. Uh, you just did. I, I, I just, I just don't, you know, I, I get it. I mean, Carson Wentz, is, he's, he's doing better, but they don't have a really go-to receiver. They don't have a guy in crunch time that you can just rely on running back-wise or any type of playmaker. Defensively, I mean, the front seven's doing well, but once someone gets a hold of that front seven, things, you know, I don't think their corner's going to be able to hold up. So it's nice right now. It's early in the season. They already had their bye week. Now you have to run off, what, 14 straight yeah. games? Or it's 15, 13 straight 13 games? 13 straight games. We're going to see how good you really are. Well, I'll go with the Baltimore Ravens here. I don't uh, buy that team. They've gotten uh, fortunate a couple of times already early in the season here. Um, but also, and if you're watching us, and we appreciate you giving us a look at NFL.com slash uh, DDFP or slash podcast, you can track it down. The Cowboys are up there, I guess. They're, uh, they're, they're an interesting team right now. But I think the Ravens, are a bit fraudulent. I think the two best teams in the AFC North are the Bengals and uh, and Steelers right now. Um, what is the best team with a bad record, Maurice? Mm. You know, it's tough because I got a chance to, to see, obviously, uh, Arizona in person. But, you know, some of these teams that we have thinking they're the best, like the Colts, are not that good. They've never been that Good. I mean, no, we year. cited this one in the off season that this was not a team that had been right. fixed just because Andrew Luck was coming. Back and then healthy. I don't think I don't think Breeze, the Saints are are that good. You know, they don't have a defense. So how are you supposed to win games? Well, they're junk. They're they're hot garbage. They should have lost in San Diego and they'd be zero and four and they would have right. been done for, done for. But in that division, they still have kind of a shot at it. Well, I, I guess is I'm going to have to say Carolina. And and the reason being is mm-hmm. you know you you lose Josh Norman, but that one piece shouldn't be the issue. It looks like right? it is. It looks like it is, yeah. but it shouldn't be the issue. Cam's not really doing well. You add Kelvin Benjamin back, and they're trying to get him going, but somewhere along the line, they they fallen all the way down. Yeah. By the way, the two NFC title game participants from a few months ago, a combined two and six. It seems like it does come down to the Cardinals and Panthers is the answer to this question. Best team with a crummy record. Ike, how say you? I'm gonna say the Giants. <clears throat> Excuse me. We 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 saw them last night. The only thing I dislike about the Giants is Eli. You know, Eli, when Eli is on, he's on. He's one of the hottest quarterbacks around, but boy, when he's off, he looks bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about it is they do have a potent offense in their receivers. Uh, but it's 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 a new group. It's a new core receivers. Uh, penalties have been hurting them. Eli have been hurting them to some extent, but I think they'll figure it out. I think, it, well, you know, and uh, I do want to talk about that NFC East because it's shaken out to be a, a – compelling division at least with the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants aren't out of things and now DC's made a little push there that's a halfway decent division uh we'll do more on Odell Beckham in just a minute here when we get into Ike's corner corner and uh and the job that Xavier Rhodes did on Monday night against Odell Beckham how good can Lamar Jackson be in the NFL is our final hurry up question Maurice 
I start with you. I don't know if you got to look yeah. at the kid on Saturday I've, I've night. I definitely but. checked him out. Um, watched him and saw some of his high school highlight uh, tapes a couple years ago. He has a talent, but his arm, he has to have a – he has to be more accurate in the pocket. That, that's, that, uh, you can run all you want in this league. But if you can't throw from the pocket, you're going to have an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think he has to continue <clears throat> to work on being more accurate in the pocket. And if he can do that, running being the second option, he can be pretty dangerous. But, again, the quarterbacks that run, you have to be bigger than what he is. Right? Those guys don't – when you're, when you're you know, 6'4", 215 pounds, you're not going to make it. Um, Cam Newton, you see he's taking a ton of hits at 6'6", 250, and they're starting to wear on him a little bit. That's right. So, Finally, you know, that attrition is starting to reveal itself even with uh, with Superman. Ike, Lamar Jackson, not guaranteed superstar in the NFL? Uh, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, he, he has the athletic ability. He's definitely special in college. Mm. You know, the NFL is a totally different monster. Uh, just to piggyback off of what MJD was saying, you could just look at the great Steve Young, him taking his hits. And it took a toll on him. Now Cam is in the same situation, taking his. But these guys were big or are big. Uh, Lamar, it, as far as like size wise, he's not that big in, in stature. Uh, people love, and as a defender, love when a run when a quarterback loves to run because we're trying to get you out of the game as soon as possible. Uh, having a pocket presence, uh, he's still fairly young. Um, what I do like about Coach Petrino, he he's worked real well with quarterbacks. Right now, I just can't see it. Until he get a pocket presence, he kind of reminds me of Marcus Mariota. Hmm. You know, just that style of play. A little bit more athletic than Marcus at the college level. But just the transition, I think he would kind of have a hard transition right now from college to the NFL because you do have to sit in the pocket. You do have to make them tight throws in the windows. And I don't think he's ready right now. As far as, like, athletic abilities, there's nobody more exciting than – Lamar Jackson, other than McCaffrey over there at Stanford. But uh, Mm -hmm. time will tell. All right. Well, listen, great weekend of college football and pro football. We're at the quarter pole, like I say. So let's start the show. Yes, hi and hello, football fans, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program presented by McDonald's. Go get that all-day breakfast like I did. Yes, I had to jump on an airplane. On Friday night, fly the red eye. I can't sleep on red eyes. Love it. With. Go straight oh, to sleep. I right can't to do sleep. it. I'll go I go straight to it. sleep. And what's worse is something got screwed up with my reservation, so I had the middle seat on an overnight flight across the country. Oh, miserable. Boy. Then I had to catch one of those prop planes from mm. Charlotte, North Carolina, down to the Tri Cities in Tennessee, and so I was rat. You know, I I, I was I, I was just uh, just desperate for some food, and there. Like a like a mirage, like an oasis. I saw the big golden arches, and I pulled in, and I had myself a a sausage McMuffin, and I got the hash brown with its own little paper. You like how you said that story up? That was pretty legit. Well, yeah. I want to talk about a bunch of things. We have to talk about, like I say, the ma- the heavyweight championship of trash talking, or at least two of the contenders for it, coming up this weekend. Josh Norman v. Steve Smith, two guys prominent in 2016, about to have a showdown here. I want to talk about best win of last weekend, the worst loss of the weekend. We have much to get to. Real quick, before we do, though, fellas, let, well, let me say hello to you both, and then we have to dig in on a personal issue here. And you, you, you want to you stick around for this. And it, deal, it has to do with 
Ike Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew reception of Dave Damashek's pleasant ways that apparently are not so pleasant after all. We'll get into it. Let's say hello to him now. Ike Taylor. Hey, yeah. I can't. See, it's that's growing best, on you. That's the best part. Ike's gr- it's the song he didn't like it initially, Still but now Ike's coming around. But I put some respect on my guy who made that. Yeah, I, the, I understood. One man house fans, Dick yeah. Banks, Ike Taylor doing gangbusters work all over the place. Watch oh, him uh, with his pal Maurice doing uh, Celebration Station, Fashion Popo, so on and so forth. And every Monday night in the post game, uh, make sure you tune in to NFL Network. Ike doing uh, really uh, special work there. Thank Love you, watching you. him there. Speaking of uh, special work I say he's the voice uh, on the radio of the Rams he's also uh, on every Monday Tuesday Wednesday and Friday on a show called Fantasy and Friends on NFL Network tune in 6 p.m. Eastern it's me it's Maurice it's Adam Rank it's y'all doing y'all thing it's good times and let's say hello to him Maurice Jones Street Jaguar gets me every time. No question. <laughs> yeah, you should watch it on video. We appreciate you tuning in. It's uh, it's kind of fun, and I do a bad job of promoting this fact, but uh, let's fix that right now. We stream this show every Tuesday and Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, so you can be in your cubicle at work or at home, wherever you please. Tune in, NFL.com, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you missed the live stream, you can find the videos at NFL.com slash DDFP. Also on YouTube, we do the segments there. NFL Now has the segments. Tune into all that. And uh, real quick, before we get into this personal issue, personal uh, friend of mine, Football Baby, is uh, on a roll once again. And I don't understand why America is not. Uh, I, I, I think we're. I think we're cynics. Look at this. He made his way Ooh. to Wembley Stadium with uh, with our pal Charlie Barker oh, and his at family. Jackson look at Deville. That. Jackson Deville. Met football baby. It's like Flat Stanley. He's doing a tour of all uh, the football stadiums here. We appreciate Charlie Barker and his gang bringing uh, football baby with them all the way across the Atlantic Ocean there. He also made it to MetLife thanks to Andrew. And uh, and then also, best of all, perhaps. Well, he, everywhere, Shaq. He was black, black and white. He's making a football tour. Football baby. Yeah. No, no color. No color. No color in that in uh, in MetLife. Is that really his baby? I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know if that one is. <laughs> I am prolific when it comes to. Uh, it is my hobby, making human babies. Yeah, that one. I don't know. That one. I don't know that color. yearns. I don't know that yearns right though. And then uh, and then maybe best of all, he made it to Heinz Field with uh, with my family, which is the best. Uh, Aunt Amy, and uh, y'all say aunt. Y'all don't say auntie. Aunt. Aunt. No, we say auntie. 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 No, and then. Auntie. Uh, yeah. Zachary there. I mean, uh, Zachary Benjamin made it there. And, uh, yeah, Football Baby made it out for a special 
a Sunday night explosion by oh, Big he Ben. Got, he got his passport? <laughs> Football baby's got a passport. He's going and to the stamps. UK now. And tatted up. Tatted, whoa. He's been to uh, five NFL stadiums. Go to at Damashek on Twitter. Pinned at the top there. I have the image, and you can print print out the PDF. Take him along to the next game. He is a genius, after all. Ten and no one question. now on no the question. season. Ten and one. He's now eighty-one and thirty-two. Life. That last one, I have to. It's a little iffy, though. Which one? The, the Bronco. One with the Bronco and the the statue. Like, there's a live horse, and then there's this like. Buccaneer, but doesn't look like a buccaneer. No, it wasn't even. Like a, he it was, was like a chip of yeah, wood he versus was, he a was, live horse. Yeah, he was going to go to the live horse every. It was kind of a slanted show. He took the Broncos. Slanted. That was an easy one, but for the most part, he does pick the uh, the tough game. Got to watch him. <laughs> he's slanted the decisions. Yeah. You know what? Negotiating your way through the game of life can be difficult sometimes, and you know, I try to I try to uh, handle that as best I can. You know, and when I meet people, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they're. Uh, a professional football player or some big time celebrity or, you know, the, the, I don't know anybody's name behind the glass, but whatever those people are, I, I, oh, I, I wow. don't like them to make eye contact with me, but still I try to treat no. people you work with everybody. I work with that's my, that what the old man told me, I, or I learned that from listening. My old man was a doctor in Pittsburgh. And I remember as a kid, going to the hospital where he worked, and I remember a janitor on the same day, a janitor and a woman who worked in the cafeteria separately saying to me, like, you know, all the doctors here, your father's the nicest one here because he's the only one who talks to us and treats us nicely, and all the other doctors think they're too good, but he is always good to everybody. Yeah, I guess your pops being a doctor was always on time, huh? All right, I have time. I have being on time issues, but one of them isn't being pleasant to people. And yet, Maurice, the other day, Ike, and then he brought up your name too. He said, "Well, Sheck, you're a little bit. Uh, it's a little, you're a little bit awkward. weird. You're awkward. I said, I'm not awkward, awkward at all weird. when I meet pro I football said, players. I was, I was, I was politically correct. I said you're awkward when you meet people. Tell me how. Tell explain. So the first thing you say to someone when after you meet them, like, hey, you know, let's Charles Tillman for example. Okay, Peanut, right. That's that was the example we used. Peanut comes up. He goes, hey, nice to meet you. This is at the Super Bowl Bowl, on the field. On the field. His team's about to play about three hours before. It's Ike, it's Maurice, and it's me. And Peanut Tillman comes over. And then Sheck goes, well, you actually, you know, we've met before. What? Excuse me? Yeah, we've met before. You may not remember, but. He says that all the time. That's what I told him. I said, that's every time he says something. He goes, but, but, you know, (laughs) 60 or whatever, how many ever years ago, we were on the red carpet and we were eating cookies like, out of his however many years he's been on this planet, that one moment he may not remember. He does. I he, remember. And, and that's awkward. Remind. It's just like, awkward. I remember remind. my Is that not awkward? I just Very know. awkward. Right? Why is it? First of all, your representation of that exchange. Here's how it goes. Peanut Tillman played corner opposite Ike Taylor. That's awkward enough that you know he played corner opposite Why Ike is Taylor. that awkward that I would know that Ike Taylor, who I like, is what uh, know a little bit about his football history? But that you, he played li- with Peanut Tillman. But you, that he played us like you just like went into intimate detail there. That's not intimate detail. So he comes over to say hello to his old friend Ike Taylor, Peanut Tillman. Hey, oh, too bad you're not out here for the big Super Bowl, but you know, great stuff this year in Carolina and so on. 
and he said, "This is Maurice. Oh yeah, we've met before. Uh, and this is uh, this is Shaq." And I go like, "Oh yeah, hi." And and Peanut goes like, "Yeah, nice to meet you." And I go, "Actually, you know, we we, we met a couple years ago. We but did you always on do the that. red carpet." But but, that, but I do that. That's that's. I just said exactly right. I always do that. It has why? nothing just, to do but with. I'm you. just saying that's awkward. Like you can be like, "Well, how you how you how you co sign yourself?" If Emma VP behind the glass right. and I came I'm up and somebody said, "Oh, oh uh, Emma, this is Dave." And she said, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'd say, oh, actually, you know, maybe we worked together three. If I worked with her somewhere before, I would cite that same way. You guys are I've being – So you've got to say that every time. That's right. You guys I've are being – I've never seen you do that without – False. A, with a that is person. so outrageous. And that, that that's narcissism of Where? a pro football player to think that I'm so supporting you're myself. So you damn near groupie. No, that's uh, what you're saying. <laughs> That's what you're suggesting, it's is right that there. I do that with just pro football no, players. I, you do that with, with – That's no, we, narcissistic. No, I do not. that with everybody. I, so if, you, I, yes, I do that with everybody. <laughs> so if we player. see – I have I've never seen that? you in that situation before. All I can tell you the situation I've seen you in, mm-hmm. and at the Super Bowl, we've done it every time. You pull that out. That's your go-to. If I've met a human being before, I tell them, oh, yeah, we've met before. I always do that standardly. It has nothing to do with whether or not you played pro football or you're a celebrity or something. Like, I don't know, shit. You just go into, you just go into detail. Like, like you said, well, tell, tell the people what you said. Well, we were eating cookies on the red carpet. That's what I said to him. I said, Peanut, you and I actually ate uh, Girl Scout cookies on the red carpet. He's like, <laughs> I, That's too much detail. Do you know what Peanut Tillman said back to me? Do you remember that I part? I remember He's like, what he said. He said, oh, yeah, I remember that. I ate a thin mint and a Samoa cookie together, right? And I said, yeah, that's exactly right. So it's crazy that you knew exactly what he ate at that. Or you either have a, the memory of an elephant. <laughs> it was or very funny. Is one of the two. It was very funny. <laughs> and you know, saying. I've eaten I've eaten uh, Girl Scout cookies with Check another me. NFL football player before. I explain. Oh, this now. is hold on, wait, time out. This is a setup. That's what that is. <laughs> That's not a setup. <laughs> That's of a, anything. You gotta watch him. Yeah, you gotta watch. He tried to set. It, he tried to set up. It's just weird that you remembered exactly what cookies you guys ate. I remember how many I, ever years that was. You know ago? what I remember? I remember it, to a weird degree. My conversations with people, I do. I, I I can always refer back to it. Makes any significant other, it makes them crazy. To I don't have a photographic memory, but I remember our conversations in great detail. So I can always bring that up in a negative way. No, no, no. When we two and a half years ago, you told me this about you, and now you're telling me you don't like. You know that guy. Oh yeah, it makes me crazy that you remember. I didn't say that, uh, David. Like. No, you did, and here was the conversation, and here's where we had it, and here's what I said back to you, and then here was your response. Oh, that's right. It has nothing to do you with a pro football Jedi player mind trick right groupie. Now. I'm Shame just saying to remember you. What, what you damn near to remember what you ate with another man, Shaq. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go on a little bit. Too I don't. Far. I don't even know what that implies. All right, let's get into some pro football talk here, and it's time for our weekly edition of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. The thrill of victory. The agony of defeat. Dun, 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 dun. That like was a that. great song. That's old school. I like that. All right, so best win, and what do you fellas think here? I think you could make a case for the Rams going into Arizona, and we can be cynical all we want, but they have now two division wins, and that could loom large come December. I don't happen to think it will. You could you could say um, what the Atlanta Falcons did. Two, because that's what distinguishes them. The Falcons last year were five and zero, so it's easy to dismiss. Yeah. But they just beat they beat Cam Newton's Falcons. I mean, uh, Cam Newton. But they Panthers, beat them last year at home too. So that sure is, did. I mean, what does that say? I, I, I'm going to yeah. tell you this: the Rams. The reason the Rams, and obviously I'm, I'm like you know attached to them because you want to know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the reason their their win was huge is that 
there's a stat that says if if you can win three games in a row, right, early on, that it's going to allow you to kind of prepare yourself for the next. That's when players start to believe that they, they're really doing things. Hmm. So it's always tough to win back-to-back road games, one. You go all the way across country and win in Tampa, and you come back to Arizona and beat Arizona in Arizona when they needed this game as well at home in the division. The Rams are the only team in their division to play all yeah, three games. Yep. So you're talking about – now, that's just the first part. Now you're talking about you have Buffalo coming from Buffalo to L.A., which is always tough to do the West Coast, East Coast thing. Then you go to Detroit. And we just seen what Matthew Stafford is. Like, he is who we thought he was. That was ridiculous. Right? That's, so that's a good candidate. He, he, for... goes, he goes into the same – he went to the same school as Jay Cutler and the rest of them guys that Matty try to – Ice. Yeah, Matty Ice, those yeah. guys that try to act like they're someone else. Yep. But they, you are who you really are. And I just think that these guys, they're finding a way to win. It's not pretty. It's never going to be ugly, pretty. But they're I mean, winning. Yeah. Uh, Todd Gurley has, has 33 yards rushing, right? And the people are like, oh, he's horrible. But no, there's eight guys in the box, and their play-action play game is killing teams. Well, in the ebb and flow of pro football, and you look at trends through seasons and everything, you know, the teams that were offensively dominant – were the ones putting up really good regular season records. Now, defenses would uh, would stand up come the postseason. But now, I guess the Denver Broncos are the first one to do this, but the Panthers also got there Seattle. last year. Seattle was Seattle, right. Yeah, right, exactly. And now there is this uh, trend of the Broncos don't have a high-powered offense. The Rams don't. Um, the Vikings don't really, nope. and yet these are the teams that right now at the quarter pole are among the best in, in the NFL. I'm going to go for best win. Pittsburgh Steelers. Call me a homer all you want. They just hung 40-something on a good Kansas City. But it was, you know, Shaq, and and no disrespect, I mean, Kansas City, they're they're really good defense. Mm -hmm. Offensively, they've been struggling a ton. That's fine, but the Steelers put 40 on that good defense. Yeah, but you had some turnovers from – you know, Alex Smith, you know, you know what's funny a about A ton that? of drops, too. Did you see all those drops they had? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something else that was interesting. David Carr um, said to me um, on on Monday, he said, well, yeah, that's out the book on Alex Smith. When it's rainy out, he doesn't play well. And I said, really? That's not a thing, is it? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Go back and look at him in San Francisco. When it was rainy out, he just did not perform. Fine, I'll buy all that. And they had some bad turnovers early that turned it into a, a landslide, but – the bottom line is when you talk about pick your poison, Ike, you know, people always say the diva. But, but what's Bill Belichick do? He takes away what you do best. Well, what did the Steelers offense, what does it do best? I mean, you see if you if Sammy Coates is singled up on the outside every time, seven sights it, drops back, and throws it as far as he can, Sammy Coates is catching it. You have the best receiver on the planet in Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell is perhaps the best running back in the NFL. Seven keeps plays alive. The offensive line is good. Like I say, Ike, I mean, this. The, pick your poison with this with this offense. It feels like, at least. Yeah, they right now they got the best trio. Uh, you got the best quarterback. You got the best running back. You got the best receiver. Uh, and you got you got a, a a few good side pieces in Sammy. Let's not forget about Jesse James. Mm-hmm. You know Jesse James has been scoring touchdowns. The offensive line He's for the a most part, the blocking game. Yeah, the offensive line for the most part, they're been been intact. Uh, you know Pittsburgh wasn't gonna go two lose two in a row. Oh, especially, I didn't know that. I was afraid. Well, Ben don't lose two in a row. One as a starter, he don't lose two in a row hmm. as a starter. Uh, two, Coach T in primetime television has an outstanding record. Then you really didn't know what you was getting in the offense because Le'Veon Bell was coming back. Right. So the Kansas City Chiefs really didn't know what they was getting into. Now maybe if D'Angelo Williams would have played, they would have had 
some kind of thoughts on what the Pittsburgh Steelers offense would have done, what Pittsburgh Steelers offense did. They wound up coming out in the spread wide receiver formation with your best running back outside player receiver. So now I was like, okay, now we got to take a guy who's been in the middle, an inside linebacker, and send him out on Le'Veon Bell on the outside. That's unfamiliar, very uncomfortable territory for, for an inside linebacker. And you start him off two, three plays, pass the ball to Le'Veon Bell, get Le'Veon Bell in the rhythm, give him another screen play, then you go to shotgun. Well, dang, when y'all going to line up in our formation? Not right now. We ain't going to line up in our formation. Le'Veon Bell is the guy we're featuring. Getting the shotgun, hand the ball off to Le'Veon, let him work his way. Then we get to the eye formation. So the game plan what Coach Ty Haley had did was was through – Threw Kansas City Chiefs all the way off. You know, maybe maybe the next the next team, the Pittsburgh Steelers play, they play the Jets. You know, they'll they'll have an idea what they want to do with Le'Veon Bell back at the helm, but it kind of threw the Kansas City Chiefs off because you haven't seen Le'Veon Bell for the first time. Yeah, I, I think that they came out and they, they attacked what they don't do well Correct. Right, in the passing game. So those linebackers are used to being in the box, are used to stuffing the run. Well, we're going to spread you out and wear you down that way, and then we're going to come back later on and get downhill on you. Um, my thing is, and this is always the case when you have a high-powered offense, because obviously we played against the Colts multiple times, when that offense isn't clicking, like like what happened in Philly, your defense gets exposed. You have a lot of young guys out there, and mm-hmm. that, that that's an that's only that's why you don't want you know one you don't want a strong defense and no offense or a strong you want kind of a balance throughout. Like when you were playing, Ike, you guys were balanced throughout. You had a good defense and a good offense. Then you had a really good defense or a great defense, uh, and then an offense was right there as well. So you want to try to to balance that out because so many times when you have just a team that can only do one thing, if that thing isn't working that day. It's an issue. The same same recipe you're getting with Denver mm-hmm. and the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Like, they're real good on defense. Offense isn't spectacular, but they make just enough plays mm-hmm. and hold the ball long enough so you'll win the ball game. Speaking of uh, making plays, Stephon Tuitt continues to just wreck stuff. All right, Philadelphia was not a good one for him or anyone on that defensive front, but uh, Tuitt, again, uh, if you're not looking at 91 – when you're watching the Steelers, you're missing out. I'm telling he's you, killing stuff. when I was there for the offseason, I'm like, man, when this boy contract comes up, he, he's like Aaron Donald. I said, man, when this boy contract comes up, he's going to get paid. Are y'all willing to pay him? Mm-hmm. He is, he is, and he said yes. That's high praise to compare him to Aaron Donald, but legitimately he is, he's got that big, big bum on him, you know, that well, makes him tough to move around, but he's quick too. I mean, he slips guys. He's forget, quicker if, than anybody. If, if they let him off the leash, he, he's able to do it pretty yeah. much because he can play DN or D-tackle. It's just sometimes they get into the hybrid 3-4 he has to take on the two blocks so the inside linebackers can be free. All right, let's move to uh, worst loss. And, uh, you know, the Patriots getting shut out at home. I think that's crazy. Who cares? And go back and dig up when Ike and Bucky Brooks broke down what the Patriots are going to do now in those uh, two tight end sets going forward. I think they're going to be just about unstoppable. Don't worry about them. The Panthers was a bad loss. I'm going to go with the aforementioned Detroit Lions, Marie. Oh. That was, I mean, to go in – I mean, they're, they're decimated the Bears by injury. They had Brian Hoyer at QB. I mean, but on defense, they're ruined as well. And Matt Stafford did, did nothing. What gives? Matt Stafford is, again, I try to tell you, Jay Cutler, Matt Stafford, I guess they're the Matt same Ryan, guy. Yeah. They're, they all do the same thing. Now, the only difference is, is well, we talked about this a long time ago. When Megatron leaves Detroit, 
how we're going to see the real Matt Stafford. And the first, but he's been good up to this point. Now he's, I mean, that was a horrible. He's been okay. He's, he was, he was good the first couple weeks. First two weeks, I'll give him that. Then after it was like, because really against Green Bay, he didn't do anything until they were down thirty-four to three. Mm, yeah, they were gonna say, "Oh, he did good." No, he was horrible. And then he comes back and, and doubles back. And so, one of my good friends is uh, a guy I went to high school with is his quarterback coach, and I haven't called him because I know he's frustrated right now. I know they're all frustrated. I'll give you one other candidate for worse loss. That's the Indianapolis Colts. The Jags had been very bad. I predicted that. I told you over and over again on Fantasy and Friends. Blake Bortles is going to have his big game of the early season. The Colts are crummy, and it's it's really shameful. Well, I'm not shameful. They're trying to do well. But Ryan Grigson and Chuck Pagano, I mean, people keep talking about the Andrew Luck wasting him. But really, I mean, it's not like Andrew Luck got there yesterday. I mean, they've had a they've had a chance to really build up. And it's ironic because if you'll remember, Ursay said, what was that, two years ago, we made a mistake during the Peyton era by just building it all around what Peyton needed. We didn't build a full roster. So that was their guiding principle with this new Andrew Luck built team. And they and they've done a worse job of it. I mean, they, this this is a bum team. Uh, the worst pick, I think, and it's not the player; it's the reason they took him was Philip Dorsett in the first round. Yep, you didn't right. need him. You just went out in free agency and took all these wide receivers. Why go get him? Now I get it. You know, oh, he's a speed demon, this and that. But Andrew Luck has to be protected. Now the Jags has six sacks. You had a, a one player have a sack, and a uh, your, the Jags third round pick Yannick Ngakwe has a sack and a pick in the game. And All right. The, uh, uh, see, the, the thing with – and this is what I don't get. You, you got time to, to build your team, especially to the quarterback's strength. Why you just don't go back to the way he balled out and the way you got him at Stanford? Oh, my – Why you just don't get your uh, fire offensive line, get your okay running back, get your two possession receivers. You ain't got to get no big receivers. Two, two possession receivers – Get you a pretty decent tight end. Now we've got the Stanford system right back in place in the NFL. We finna do well, it's all, we finna do way, also, it's, it's also just on a rudimentary level. It makes no sense that you have the, the, the primary skill of your uh, pass catchers is getting down the field, but you don't have an offensive line so that he doesn't have time to unload it. You know, it's a weird – just makes no sense. All right, let's do common some quick – Common sense isn't common shit. That's right. right. I want to do a couple quick 10-foot polls, and then we're going to do the corner corner here. And, uh, you know, like like always, thank you, Emma VP. Hey, Emma. There she, Emma VP, come here for a second. Come here for a second. No, come on, the, uh, come on over here. I get a lot of emails like, why is Emma VP never on the show? I said she, she doesn't want to be on the show. Well, there she is. She's on the show She's now. She's behind the scene. Yeah. Gangbusters work. Unparalleled producer. Well, I don't want to say that. There, because everybody behind the glass is as good, but none better. All right, everybody yeah, you, talks about – No respect. Everybody, everybody no respect. does the uh, – I like you. Hey, Emma, did, have we worked together? I met you before, right? We've met before. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. A couple times. All right. Hit him the, right. The, uh, <laughs> I don't want that. Now, listen, everybody talks about the figurative. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. We oh, have a literal boy. 10-foot pole. Let's start with this one. This is weird stuff to me. The reigning MVP in the Carolina Panthers – are one and three, Maurice Jones-Drew, 10-foot pole this one. 
the Carolina Panthers are going to miss the playoffs. Will you touch that with a 10-foot pole? Oh, ball? no, I'm not touching that. You're not going to touch it. They're going to get in. Yeah, they'll get in. All right, what's their path? They're going to get past they're the Falcons? Win, they're going to win the South. I agree with that. That's right. You got that one right. That was uh, That's that was easy. A, tried to set that you up on that yeah, that was an easy one. Well, listen, it's not that easy. They're they're, they're one and three. They're looking up at the Falcons. but I think They still the, put up 30 on the Falcons. They just What they need to do is just take care of business when the Falcons come to them and things will balance out over the season. The other one, like I say, I don't know. Uh, I don't even like touch. He a genius. Here he is, Bill Belichick, the man who has no coaching tree to speak Uh of, which is weird. But he he is—he has Bill O'Brien. Is that one to brag? If that's your one to brag about, I don't know. But all right, they won the division. I think Josh McDaniels is going to. A lot of teams are going to regret not having. He's the OC. He's he's the Peter. He's the the epitome of the Peter Principle. The Peter Principle is check. I do know what it is. All right, look at this. Here's Bill Belichick, and uh, is it possible? I've said this uh, that if they lost a game. In these first four games, that might be the only one they lost. Ike Taylor, 10-foot pole. The Patriots are not going to lose again, at least in the regular season. Oh, yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose again. Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to 14-2. Bam. 14-2. Who's no going to beat them then? You we know? Got, no, Denver, we're going to see. Denver has a chance to beat them. Yeah, they're going to go 14-2. Bro. They play Denver, the Denver, Denver, Denver got the recipe, man. And don't forget. I Denver has forget. Denver has the recipe to beat. Everybody. Everybody, but let alone the Patriots. Well, the Patriots have a good defense, too. Not as uh, – It's not as – I'm not suggesting it's – The Patriots got a good defense, but they're, they're nothing like the different Broncos. I can't even put them on that kind of level. All right, real quick, let's get to it here, Maurice. Love uh, – make sweet love, too, because we don't want to use the bad word, and kill the your three teams. You're the voice of the Rams. You played for the Jags and then you played for the Raiders and that was your boyhood team as well. Yeah. Do it. We do it every week. Go ahead. All right. All three winners. This yeah, is a they, tough this one. Is, this, is, this is tough, but I'm gonna have to kill the Jags. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, kill because the they just got their first victory. And so I you know, I want to be around winners. Okay. So we be kill around, them. and then I'm gonna I'm gonna love the Raiders. Love the love Raiders. Them hard. Yeah. I love okay. hard. Yeah, gonna be you're gonna yeah, get they tied were, down with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love them because you know they're second in their division. They're second. Oh, in, so this is make sweet love. Yeah, too. make sweet love too. But I love hard though. I got you. I got <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> got uh, and, and then I'm gonna marry these Rams because they're in first place. You got to be around a winner now. I got. I, you you, you want to be. You want to have the best. I want right. to walk out when I walk okay. around L.A. Look at that! Look at that thing right there. Yeah, when I yeah, that's around, me. Yeah, look, that's me. See that? that, right. that that's Y'all me. see why I'm holding that hand? Yeah, I think he's gonna get a uh, quick divorce. Like, I think he might. No question. Up. I think he might. No, we eight there be four or three. All right, let's now let's get to it. This is I'm excited. Hold on, wait, wait. Week eight thing will be four and what? Three. You want to put something on that? Yeah, we put something on that. What, sure. what you want to do? You want to yeah. do some push-ups? Or we do some, some push-ups. Okay. All right. They'd be better than four and three. You think Four so? Four. So Four wait Four. a second. On well, they have a bye week. On this okay. on this desk here in Studio sixty six, yeah. the loser of this bet will have to do push ups. Push ups strewn across this 20. desk. Twenty. Twenty push ups. Full push ups. Twenty. That's a lot. You're professional Four. football players. 20. No, 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 no. We used to. See, I'm a has been. I see. Me too. Yeah, I'm a has been. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. Like I say, Ike's Corner Corner featuring the heavyweight championship of trash talking. Steve Smith versus Josh Norman. Take a look. Dare to go one on one, I will torture. It's gonna be a hell of a day, man. Hell of a day. I don't think they're ready for what about to happen. Personally, I really don't care. But I tell you one thing, we're gonna fly today. We're gonna fly today. Hey, I must be pretty good. They they know my name for a reason. You gotta get off the track, bro. None of the boys. None of the boys, bro. Because every time we
we get out, they're gonna stick them, we're gonna hit them in the mouth. And if you think I can't play, you're gonna find out we poor. You taller than me, right? But my paper longer than yours. Yes, these two are prominent, at it's least gonna, when it comes to a, flapping their gums. It's going to be a good one. No. I think so, too. And by the way, I should say the bona fides, we couldn't have two better. Maurice at least claims that he was the best trash talker when he I was, was out there. I was one of the top in, in the game. Who who was your rival? Who did you who could keep up with you in the trash talking department? I mean, re- really, to me, like you could say whatever you wanted to me. It didn't bother me because at the end of the day, they're going to be like, oh, you're short. All right. Well, that, that's that's the what they thing. say. Yeah, that's the that's the line that they would give you. You're short. Yeah, and, and I liked it. I, okay. Well, then watch me put you on your back, <laughs> and then after I do it, you know, I I give them a little fake hand, like I'm gonna help them up and move. Or wait a second, who gave things. you the short? Uh, Every everybody, everybody probably gave them the short. Everybody, I can see that. Yeah, they, there's no, there's a lot of people that no creativity in this league. Well, but it, but isn't the, like you just say, isn't the response to that like, well, then get ready for a short guy to whip your butt today. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean that was and that was more often than but, not but, the result. But I, I talk to coaches more than anything. Like I would say, if me and Ike are going, like I just beat Ike and we're walking, I'm like, Coach, you better come get him. You know what I would say? You know what I would say to you, legitimately, and this might hurt. Well, won't hurt your feelings. No. Will hurt the organization's feelings. But I would be like, why do you even try so hard? You're on the Jacks. Well, you, you know what, Shaq? Why? Why not save? Why not <laughs> people, save your health people, and, and your energy while you're on this team? But when they would say that, I'd be like, you know, you're gonna put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, because because I, I was I was all pro, Pro Bowls. That's what I was doing. That's I got you. Were, that's a true statement. You, know, you got to be put some respect. <laughs> that's on a that. true statement. And so I would talk. To, I mean, I, but I usually talked. See that what what gets players is not when you talk to them directly, unless you really like, you know, when you talk to other people yeah, about him. When you talk to his homeboy, like, hey man, your dog over here struggling, struggling. Come, <laughs> come get him. He need help. Yeah, that that <laughs> that hurts people. That's my favorite. Uh, that's one of my favorite uh, Ike stories. What did you once say? To you were playing the Ravens, right. and, and uh, on the sideline, Ray Lewis started giving you the business. No, no, Terrell Suggs. He was. Well, you're on the field with him. Terrell right? Go Suggs. Ahead, tell that me, story. Me and Derek Mason was uh going at it. You know, Derek. They got Derek from Tennessee, so he he was he was one of those guys that's supposed to give me. Derek Mason was probably one of the best route runners I came across, and T Suggs was just in my ear. He was in my ear. He was doing a break commercial break he was in my ear like oh he, we about to come at you 24 we about to come at you 24 and i look over there i see e reed and ray ray i'm like man who over there talking on their side like who talking to me like that and it was sucks <laughs> and and i look and i look twice i say bro only a mama could love that <laughs> don't you ever talk to me like that <laughs> Don't you ever talk to me like that. Matter of fact, don't even talk to me. Matter of fact, take that Halloween mask off. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's what you that's that's what you you gonna put some respect on my name. <laughs> that's that's what you gonna How did do. that go over with Ray Ray and Ed Reed? Them boys clown them boys walked off. <laughs> when you when you see people doing when you see people walking off like this here, that Shake mean it. they laughing. That mean they laughing. Yeah. But but that's that's but me and Suggs always Suggs, probably, I mean, him and I are the only ones probably was talking back and forth from a defensive standpoint. Because usually defenders don't talk to defenders. No. But him and I just – but don't get me wrong, man. I respect I respect the heck out what that man do. He's a, he's a, he's a still a killer. I would say that. 
All right, well, let's talk about this uh, this major matchup here. Now, Maurice, you made a good point to me yesterday about this. They were teammates. Yeah, so I don't think they're – got to remember, Josh Norman – this is how I feel about Josh, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. I feel like if he knows you or if you've gone against him in practice, he's not going to say much. He's like that, he's like that kid that's not going to bark – if he knows you, like if you're from the same neighborhood, but if you're from another neighborhood, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, tough guy. I just, We know Steve Smith is tough. But I hope they're not going to be like, yeah, Carolina, boy, they screwed both of us and they come together on that. I'd rather have them uh, have 60 I'm not, minutes I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying because I know Steve Smith is never – like he, me and him have uh, done some things together uh, off the field. So. What does that mean? Friendly things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like okay. did some work together. I see. You know? and, He's uh, a good guy. Oh, field. great. Oh, great. You always hear about that guy who flips a switch or whatever. Steve Smith, we've met him many times. I Oh, d- did I mention I met Steve Smith before? Yeah, I told him that. I, I, I tell you what, I, I do – because him and I are real cool, me and Steve. Mm-hmm. I do know, know this about Steve. If Josh Norman don't want to follow him, he's coming to Josh. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's that guy that's going to come to Josh. Hey, hey, coach, I don't know what's that game plan over there for the Redskins, but wherever 24 at, I'm coming to him. I'm going to him. He wants those problems. So he wants all them problems. So it, it, you can't shy away from a guy like Steve Smith. That's why you got little man because he played with all passion. And so that's why I said, Shaq, that I don't think it's going to be as big as it is because Josh Norman really don't want them problems. Like he followed Odell because they were barking and, and it's a division you're trying to play mind games, but you didn't follow AB. You didn't follow Dez. And I mean – Watching Steve Smith right now, what he did to the Raiders, you definitely don't want them Shame the devil if at least one of these two guys isn't mic'd up. Now, Ike, you say you and Steve Smith used to lock up. You also were one of the foremost trash talkers. Steve Smith, we know uh, what he was about. What is, I, I, first of all, specific to your showdowns with Steve Smith, did you guys ever have any heat? No, I ain't never had no heat. I got a pick off of this one. Look at that. Ike yeah. Taylor with a pick in the end zone in Wayne. Carolina. Good catch, fella. Wayne never – Wayne. Oh, and then he oh, boogied. Josephine oh, Johnny. Josephine Johnny. <laughs> Wayne never had no heat. I should have picked this one off too. Wayne never had no heat. Because you because you recognized Swag. each other as great game. trash talkers and so that let's not waste our effort. Game, uh, game recognized game. Like, he understand, I understand, man. Like, it's a mutual agreement. But, yeah, I, I know Steve, though. Steve ain't playing no games with them other boys, so they they better be ready. Steve Smith always feel like he got something to prove on that field because he's this here tall. Mm-hmm. And, and so he he feel like he feel like, hey man, I'm supposed to be this here tall, but I'm this here tall. Wait, anybody come my way? Just say something. Just look at me the wrong way. Just play. You ain't even got to say nothing. Just look at me the wrong way. And watch what happened. I got the best story. So it was 2007. We were playing Carolina in Jacksonville, and obviously Del Rio was in Carolina's D coordinator before he came to Jacksonville. So. Uh, Steve Smith caught a pass on the sideline. And, you know, I'm new. I'm still new. Second year in the league. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. And he goes, Jack, Jack, I know you hear me talking to you. You better come help this man. <laughs> I lost. I just. I was on the side. I lost everything. I was like, this man is talking to this head coach. Like, he, like Jack, you better come get him. <laughs> That is, I'll tell you what, that is, that's awesome stuff because that really psychologically would mess with a guy. Like, well, oh. don't tell the head coach about this. Please, let's keep this between ourselves. No, believe me. You got to have everybody. Yeah, you, because everybody see what's going on on the field, man. Everybody see what's going on on the field. Like, if James Harrison or Joey Porter or, or Lamar Woodley would, would get to offensive tackle, I would be at that offensive tackle neck, like, hey, bro, for the commercial, I'd be like, 
You know you about to have hell today, right? <laughs> it's gonna be okay. You you see them two right there? Them two boys ain't playing no game. You know you about to get your whoop right today. What you, what you talking about? Well, such and such about to whoop your boy. Okay, he might, but I know for sure. About time Monday come, <laughs> your coach gonna be have a red mark on you because they are gonna kill you today. <laughs> hey, that's right. So you gotta be okay with it. I think that's the biggest thing about trash talk. Like when people are like, and you're right. Yeah, that might that that I, I hit him with the doc. It reference. could happen. Yeah, yeah. It like, well, I know Ike, you've been watching uh, Star Wars with your boy. Yes, it's, it's the it's the Obi Wan Kenobi Jedi mind trick on the stormtroopers. Like these aren't the droids you're looking for. Some people, the strong minded, are it doesn't hurt them. But you just pick on that. What does specifically? So okay, Josh Norman and Steve Smith as best you can. Let's let's do this right now. You be Steve Smith, uh, Maurice. You be Josh Norman. What do you guys say to each other at the start of the game? Like, give me specifics, and we'll bleep it out. Go ahead and ble- we'll bleep it out. But what do, what do these guys say to each other when when at the start of a game when you're when you're trying to to test emotionally the guy across from you? Well, see what Steve Smith is going to do first. He's not going to say anything directly to Josh Norman. He'll be like, "This MF ain't gonna can't cover me," and he's gonna say it loud enough so everybody can hear it. Right? That's how you start it off. Mm-hmm. You got to say it so all his friends and family in the stands can hear it. And then, you know, if Josh Norman bats a ball down, then Josh Norman's going to say, I told you, MF, I ain't playing no games over here. You better take that somewhere else. And, you know, Steve's going to be like, oh, no, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying right here. And it's going to go back and forth. I I promise you, Steve Smith is finding Josh if Josh ain't looking for Steve Smith. It's going to get to the point. And, and the only way it's going to escalate, and, and you've seen it with uh, Jalen Ramsey, is if you bark back. If you bark back at Steve Smith, like he, cause he's gonna talk the whole time. Like he spins the ball, he looks and he does all this. But if you say something back, then he attacks you. That's just how he, he's just like one of those dogs that be just be yeah 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 yeah. But as soon as you open the gate, so is that your advice to say Jalen Ramsey no. or to anybody, or if you're going against no. Josh Norman, like if you're a vet, do you go to those guys and say like, hey Josh Norman, no matter what Steve Smith says, just don't respond to him. Is no. that something you would you say? Let me tell you what I tell him. God honest truth, because I've, I've dealt with it before. If you, if you listen, if you want these problems, I'm all, I'm with you. Like I, I'm, I'm just one of those guys. Like, hey, if it's gonna be this kind of game, let me know now, <laughs> so we can prepare throughout the week. Like Greg Jones has always come to me. He like, so what kind of game are we having today, Reese? I'd be like, you know, I just don't like the guy across me. Like we used to play Bart Scott all the time. I hated Bart Scott. I hated Bart Scott because we were in 2008. He hit me in the back. I was mic'd up too, and they had to, they never played it because it was just too many explicit. <laughs> oh, we got to get that thing. He hit me in the back for no reason. The balls were over there. I was like, dude, what's your problem? I was like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I was like, since you want to play like this, we're good. <laughs> and then from that point on, I was like, hey, yo, this is just kind of how it's going to be, guys. And they'd be like, all right, well, we're ready. And that's how you got to do it. It's your team. So, like, if me and Ike are hooping, and I, you know, kind of like we were in, in, in Indianapolis, Ike was like, I'm serious. I'm like, all right, let's be serious. <laughs> This <laughs> like is kind of how it's going to uh, be. <laughs> it's going to be awesome stuff. Can't wait to uh, to see how this one uh, shakes out. Also on Monday night, just real quick, Xavier Rhodes seemed to get into Odell Beckham's head. Is this now the book league-wide to, to try and give him a little extra business after the play because it throws him off? I mean, it seems to be pretty obvious that that's what's I going on now. I don't think it's that. I think it's he's not getting the ball enough, mm. right? You you have a you you know I think Bucky Brooks said it on Twitter best um, because like Eli says something about his emotions and Ben McAdoo says something about his emotions, but 
you know, Eli was the same person last year. Or not Eli, but Odell was the same person last year with these these outbursts and things like that. You weren't saying nothing when you were getting the head coaching job or you weren't saying nothing when you were getting paid because of what he was doing on the field. Don't try to switch it up now. He's an emotional guy. And I was the same way. Like, when you have a guy that's used to getting the ball all the time and then all of a sudden you don't want to give him the ball, you know, he I think he was targeted four times or something like that. You got to get this guy going in the first – when you script, and I know Big McAdoo does because he's a West Coast offense guy, you script the first 15 plays. Right, so it's like they call them either the dirty dozen first twelve to fifteen plays. He should be getting the ball at least five times in those first fifteen plays. Mm. It should be plays like, look, we're gonna get Odell going, get him because he is your number one threat. I get it, Sterling. You got Sterling Shepard and you got Victor Cruz back, but them two guys, they're not him. And so you have to understand that. Look, we got to get this guy the ball and get him going. I felt you know what to compare it to another situation where there are a lot of weapons out there like Pittsburgh. I got the sense that Todd Haley and Roethlisberger recognized, you know what, this is 26's return, and Sammy Coates catches that first deep ball of the night and everything. we got to feed 84 because 84 has an ego, and we don't want it to get out of control. And you got to play with a big, outsized ego if you're going to be Odell Beckham and Antonio well, Brown. That's you, part of the trick. See, and a reason why I like – what I always say about receivers, they're a divas one. But with an OBJ and Antonio Brown – and guys who are superstars in the league, when the game is on the line, you call in their number. Every time. So they feel like, well, dang, when it's, when it's one play left, with well, four seconds left, you want to dial up my number. So why you don't want to dial up my number right now mm-hmm. to get us in that situation? So y- y'all know I'm that guy. I know I'm that guy. Go on feed me a little bit. And I'm selfish, yeah, to an extent. But I know when we're trying to win these ball games, when it's fourth and three, but third and 11, y'all calling on 13 and y'all calling on 84. That's the first thing y'all saying. Because I'm making y'all money. I'm making these spectacular plays. I'm getting y'all paid. We going to the playoffs. So why all of a sudden you just want to take me out of the offense that fast? That's how I think that is the psychology but, of a superstar but that's, player. That's like – my grandpa used to tell me when I was a kid, like, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. My father used to and, say – And told... that's and that's the truth. Like, listen, you, 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 you right – and I almost said a bad word, but you you damn right. I, I think I'm the man. I know I'm the man. Right. And so if you tell me every week that you're going to do this, and, and this is the issue where you have with coaches because sometimes as a coach you try to – you don't – you're like, oh, well, we got these – no, 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 no. We don't have these other guys. I, I had to deal with it. I played for too many coaches in Jacksonville. I had to tell them, like, listen. There's only one me. Listen, this, 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 don't, let's, let's not play these foolish games. They know what we're going to do. All right. block them and do our job. Awesome stuff as always, Maurice and Ike. For the video uh, consumer, stick with us. We've got our weekly feature, the uh, Time Machine football, coming up real quick for you. For the audio listener, we're back uh, later in the week for you with our game picks, uh, Handsome Hank, Matt Money-Smith, and so on. Um, thanks to everybody behind the glass. And uh, like I say, hang in here if you're watching on video. Otherwise, we'll talk to you later. It's been a thin slice of heaven. How? <laughs> That's Dave Damashek. Hey, audio listeners, this is Emma VP. Stay tuned for Sheck's exclusive audio-only interview with legendary filmmaker George Romero. Dave, Dave. All right, this is exciting for a football fan. You got to make sure you check out Night of the Living Steelers premiering Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, and we're joined by a real uh, icon of uh, the film industry and 
a Pittsburgher like myself. It's George Romero. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm I'm better now that I'm speaking to you. Oh, well, you know, just before we got going, we you and I were talking about um, yeah. where we grew up. I grew up in Churchill. Literally from my front yard, I could look out and see the Monroeville Mall with wh- where one of your classic uh, zombie <laughs> movies was uh, was shot. That's incredible. Yeah, small world, we, eh? Well, we shot a. We actually not known to most, not known as well as the mall. We shot Creepshow. Uh, we rented. Uh, <laughs> we were able to, to uh, rent an old school, and we had our studios there for. We built all our Creepshow sets out there. Hmm, that's uh, funny. Very near there. And, yeah. And. Um, Right around the corner from the Monroeville Mall. Well, and you don't I, I say think it. There are still cockroaches wandering around. <laughs> there, there was a there's a scene in Creepshow uh, where E.G. Marshall plays uh, a Howard Hughes type uh, recluse, uh, very wealthy guy, uh, in a penthouse, and he's he's afraid of cockroaches. He's afraid of bugs. He calls people bugs, uh, <laughs> and uh, cockroaches eventually invade. And we we had to we had to bring in import all these cockroaches from Trinidad, uh, and I think some of them are probably still there. <laughs> <laughs> so so if there's a cockroach issue in the Pittsburgh area, we can blame George Romero's movies for that. Definitely blame me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I noticed though, as a, like I say, as a native Pittsburgher, you don't really sound. You don't have the the voice of it. It should be George Romero, right? <laughs> Romero. <laughs> we shot that movie at the Monroe. Monroeville Mall. Yeah, down up over Monroeville. <laughs> yeah, see, all right. Now you you check out. You got the uh, Pittsburgh Bonafides there. Now tell well, us what. I, actually, I was born in the Bronx. I, I went there to go to Carnegie Mellon, so I, I'm not. Uh, ah. But I don't. I don't. People say I don't really have a New York accent either, but. I don't sound like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you're right. So I guess that's how you don't uh, pick up any accent is that you keep uh, you stay on the move across America. Yeah. Um, tell us about what uh, what exactly is going on. It's it sounds fascinating. Night of the Living Steelers. Uh, how did you put this thing together? Well, I, I, I actually it was the NFL that reached out uh, to to me uh, because. Um, they some somebody at at the NFL uh, realized that we, we made Night of the Living Dead and we became this little independent film company and had a lot of success just about at the same time that the Steelers were starting to win uh, after after having a dismal uh, beginning, many decades of yeah. uh, sorrow, and, yeah, and, uh, and so they decided to do a special just about that because. We we did at one point. My partner at the time and I, uh, Richard Rubenstein, did seventeen sports uh, documentaries. They were all bi- biographies, and we did. They weren't all football, but four of the seventeen were about Steelers. We did Rocky Flyer, Franco Harris, uh, uh, and both of those guys were kind enough to to first of all to remember me and to mm. come out. For this uh, uh, show that, that the, uh, the NFL shot there, and we did the we did the front four, and we did uh, Terry Bradshaw, and uh, oddly, <laughs> sort of took a break for two and a half years and shot these documentaries, and it was 
It was a wonderful experience. I mean, so I, they're little I, documentaries on Franco Harris, Rocky Blyer, the Steel Curtain, and Terry Bradshaw. So you're this is I, I, I this is news to me until uh, until I became aware of Night of the Living Steelers again. The premieres on Wednesday at 8 p.m. on NFL Network. That that's how you got uh, your your start was by doing sports documentaries. Is fascinating. Yeah. Well, actually. <laughs> I got my start, and you'll see this in the documentary. I got really got my start with Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So he, was, he was the first guy that ever hired me as, as a shooter. I used to do these little uh, – uh, pic- he, he had a feature called Picture Picture on his show. I remember. And, and uh, I shot those. Those were remotes, and I'm the guy that shot them. Amazing. And, and, uh, how, everything from how to make a light how – how do you make a light bulb? To uh, Mr. Rogers gets a tonsillectomy, which I think there's a scene from that in *Night of the Living Steelers*. Oh. And uh, it was a, a wonderful time. Fred was great, and you know, many, I, 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 most people that are in the biz, as they say, still uh, started with Fred. I mean, when I when I was there, uh, Michael Keaton was uh, a grip on on Mr. Rogers' name. You're kidding! Wow, amazing. <laughs> that is quite a thing. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember uh, very young. My father uh, uh, knew uh, Mr. Rogers as well. Yeah, people don't realize, but if you listen closely, like we were just doing, he does. You can hear Mr. Rogers does have that Pittsburgh accent. A little bit of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you can pick up on that. So fascinating. So then you make these documentaries about the Steelers. Does anything resonate for you years later that stood out? I mean, this is still probably um, is recognized as the greatest dynasty in uh, pro football history. Anything about uh, the personalities uh, uh, on that team? Well, you know, Franco actually became a, a friend, and we, we, we're still friends. You see, uh, they surprised me. Uh, we were at, at a theater uh, looking at footage from the documentaries that we'd done, and all of a sudden I heard this, somebody coming down the aisle applauding, and it was Franco, and it was hmm. just great to see him. I, I, I remember, I remember that. Uh, we, we did, we did a lot of other. We did Willie Stargell too. So we uh, actually five of the docs. We did seventeen docs. Uh, and five of them were Pittsburgh uh, athletes. So. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. And uh, and how did you then transition from uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood <laughs> to sports? I guess sort of like you say, moving across the country, uh, you, you're, you're never going to get uh, too restless with, that, with anything. How then do you wind up uh, with uh, with making horror movies? Well, you know, that was just uh, <laughs> we, we tried to make, uh, uh, you know, a high-minded uh Ingmar Bergman type uh, film at first and couldn't raise any money uh, for that and so we decided well maybe we should do something more commercial <laughs> and I had written a, a story uh, that we based Night of the Living Dead on and and uh, my old friend John Russo and I um, who still lives in Pittsburgh John does uh, we, we wrote this script for Night of the Living Dead and you know who knew we 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 hmm. had no idea that it was ever that it would become important you know in it, quotes important well important uh, i think in hollywood 21st century means that they remake your movie and uh, <laughs> so so they've gotten that treatment last thing is and i i can't imagine a better person to ask this question to 
Why did I, I I've the, the, the math of this? Uh, see if you can make sense of this. Hollywood must hate the city of Pittsburgh, or at least its sports teams. And here's and here's my here's the backing of my hypothesis. There was Black Sunday which was about a terrorist attack on the Steelers playing in the Super Bowl. There was... Well, it wasn't. The book. I, there's a, I have a story about that, I'll tell you. We, we, we actually got the Roonies. Our, our law firm represented the Roonies, and when that book came out, when Harris wrote that book, Thomas Harris, I think, uh, uh-huh. um, they didn't, there wasn't the Steelers in the book. And we, and that's why we were able to, you know, get the the the, the Roonies to say, yeah, let's buy that property. But Paramount <laughs> beat us to it, and as, and ironically, they had to shoot at the real Super Bowl, and it happened to be the Steelers. And I was there; we were there shooting uh, for uh, one of the documentary. I think the Front Four documentary. And we wound up in the stands when they were actually shooting Black Sunday. How funny! And I'll tell you what: you look at that movie; it is some of the best, some of the best game footage you'll ever see in a movie. It's remarkable. They have because at the time you could get better field access than probably a film crew could get in the 21st century. So some of the stuff happens to be glorious if you're a football fan. But then you have sudden death, Jean Claude Van Damme, terrorist attack on the Penguins. You right. have. Um, in uh, in one of the Batman movies, they call it Gotham, but it's Heinz Field. They blow up that field, yeah. and then even in uh, even in the Natural, who does Roy Hobbs hit the home run against? The Pittsburgh <laughs> Pirates. They don't. You see? Oh, also, heaven can wait. Who does uh, who does Warren Beatty's who do Warren Beatty's Rams beat in the Super Bowl? The Steelers. Do you see, George? Hollywood has it in for Pittsburgh sports teams. <laughs> I guess so. See? Well, Pittsburgh, you know, it's always so. Um, you look at old movies, and Pittsburgh is always a joke. You know, it's always oh, where are you where are you going to be stationed? Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, it was it was, a, it was almost a gag line. You know, guaranteed laugh. Thank goodness uh, Cleveland has replaced Pittsburgh in that way. <laughs> <laughs> George Romero, great uh, great to speak with you a little bit, sir. Uh, appreciate the time. Make sure you tune in. Night of the Living Steelers this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Otherwise, look for uh, future showings of it. Going to be great stuff. And uh, like I say, uh, big fan. Thanks for the time, sir. Oh, thank you very much. All right. There he is, George okay. Romero. Dave Damashev. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.